welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Tonight, we are joined uh, with by Brandon Wheeler of Moralia House. Uh, we're going to get a rundown of what uh, he's got going on over there. But in the meantime, I have a uh, – go ahead, Owen. Introduce yourself. <laughs> <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> but it's it's not that bad. But um, Not yet. <laughs> I, not yet. Um, but my voice is slowly slipping away from me. Um, actually, probably not that much – probably not that slowly anymore. So uh, if by the end of the show, all I can do is like click and beep and whistle, we'll know that it's gone. So <laughs> we'll have to get Siri to translate for you. Exactly. Uh, It'll be like some sort of robot, like computer voice over here. That was hilarious, Eric. It's like, yeah, that kind of thing. So uh, but we'll see how long I can kind of hang on to this. So <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 during the entire work day, which I'm hoping he's not listening, is that uh, Jim had threatened to call instead of me and then just be like, Owen can't speak, so I will be speaking for him and then do the entire show. The problem <laughs> is, awesome. I think, uh, exactly, I think everyone would enjoy it too much and then I'd be out of a job. So, you know. <laughs> I put on the I put on the hockey game and I left him upstairs. So hopefully he doesn't do anything crazy. Nice, nice. So, so yeah, uh, not a whole lot going on over here since there's no breeze. So I, I got nothing I hate, to report. Man. I hate your update. <laughs> you got to You got to get back to doing this because it's like nothing over here. What's going on with you, Owen? And it sucks. So, <clears throat> but um, over here. Uh, I got a surprise clutch, dude. Uh, 11 jungle eggs clutch. from a jungle, jungle pairing. My first ever pair of jungles that I've Oh, played. shit. I know. Because uh, normally I would just do coastals, and then we don't talk about the IJ stuff. But, you know, people are always like, Owen can't breed IJs. But Owen never bred jungles either. So it's like, I don't know why they never really talked about that. But... Um, so, yeah, I got a nice clutch of jungles. They're a pair that's on loan here uh, from my friend Kyle. And the male is a Delia Scattershot from Mike Curtin. So he's like, dear Lord. And then the female is actually from Mo at Mojo Reptiles. So it's like all of a sudden I have this trophy pair of jungles that I had no idea what I'm doing with. And I was on the fence about her being gravid. And then I opened up the bin and she was just wrapped around 11 eggs. And I'm like, done. So nice. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, so I'm excited. I, you didn't think that that pair was taken then? Like you didn't I didn't think, think that pair. I, I, I saw them lock once. I saw more locks between my other two pairs of jungles where it looks like I'm not going to get any eggs out of either female. Um, Cause I mean, that was those, the, the, I have the Vandevetter female and then I have another jungle female that the Vandevetter male was breeding too. 
and he bred both those girls multiple times, no eggs. I'm pretty sure I got nothing out of either of them. I saw one lock with the curtain and mojo pair. And okay. that was it. I, and I, and she didn't look huge. She's not a very big female. So mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, I guess I got nothing. No jungles this year. And then she dropped uh, 11. Nice. So, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Getting them babies. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was telling you before the show, I, uh, I went back on um, uh, a diet um, mm-hmm. starting, it was like four or five days ago. And uh, I cut out um, carbs and sugar. Holy shit, man. Right. <laughs> that's so you're just like that. laying on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So if I all of a sudden fall out during the show, <laughs> you know what? It's going to be uh, the best show. You're going to pass out and then I'm not going to be able to talk. So it's just going to be like dead silence and Brandon. So, yeah. you know, yeah. So <laughs> I bring that, I bring that up because I just wanted to say at the beginning of the show, next week we have a uh, Chondro Python round table. Um, oh. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. maybe oh. with luck, right. your voice will be gone though. And I don't know. And then <laughs> it better be back by then. Otherwise, you know, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, but, uh, with a focus on nutrition, um, and, uh, we're going to be, uh, just give you a quick rundown of who's going to be there. Of course, the fellows from, uh, GTP keeper radio, uh, Bill mm-hmm. and Buddy, they'll be uh, coming by, and also um, we have Ian Bissell. Um, I talked to him last night; had a great conversation. Um, he's going to unleash some things that he's been working on, which should be pretty cool. Um, uh, we have Harlan Wall, uh, who we've been on before. I, it should be interesting to see how Harlan takes to the roundtable. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it should be. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I have to, I have to talk to him tomorrow. But uh, Nick from uh, Reptilinx, uh he's going to be right. coming on as well. So I think that will be an awesome episode. There's a lot of outside the box type of thinking with that, and you know, I bring that up because of the whole thing that with nutrition. And uh, me and uh, Ian had a talk last night about um, just how. Um, you know, that maybe we should think about nutrition as uh, snake keepers. It seems that all the other reptile categories have sort of taken to that and, and have adopted, you know, supplementation and, and really make it sure like gut loading and stuff like that. Um, whereas with snakes, it's not necessary to keep them alive, but are we giving them uh, optimal Life. I mean, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, are, are we optimizing the clutches that they can produce, the life that they can live, the health that they can get, get you know, not getting our eyes and all this kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Should yeah. be an interesting conversation for sure. And it doesn't necessarily just have to apply to chondros, but chondros <clears throat> are probably uh, one of Seems the where a lot of stuff tricky starts, species. Like. You know, yeah. that's where our, they started really caring about uh, lineage stuff. So it kind of be like chondros are where experimentation kind of starts. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. 
so it should be an interesting uh, show for sure. Um, I did want to mention, I just saw this tonight, uh, two things. Actually, I saw the other earlier today, but um, uh, I don't know if you saw Mike Cross's uh, Carmel Female that he posted up. I, 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 share, yeah. I shared it over on the page. Holy shit, dude. Did you see that? That's yeah. like polish almost. That's yeah. That's shit you see in Australia. <laughs> He's got some very interesting caramel stuff, and he and I have talked about that stuff before because uh, I'll show up to the Habit of Grace show, and he'll pull out babies that aren't even on display for uh-huh. sale, and he would be like, what do you think of this? I'm like, I have no goddamn idea. And he goes, neither do I. So it's like, okay, now what? And then we just kind of stare at it. So it's like that's happened a few times. Uh, uh-huh. So he's got some pretty funky stuff and some pretty crazy things. So definitely very cool animals yeah. he's got over there. And then the other thing I saw, <clears throat> I don't know if you saw this, but Animal Plastics has released a um, a display. Now, yeah. Like a three-tier yeah. display where you put your name up at the top and it's all LED yeah. lit and – pretty freaking cool man. like little mini critter keepers they have black like rims and stuff it looked really cool um and i have no idea how it like it almost looks like it like transforms and folds into itself and can be yeah. easily carried or something like that so it's like i think that's really cool looking and i would love to kind of get up close with it but purchase new displays so i'm kind of like i know it's like it's like this would have been so cool because I know nobody else would have had them, but you know, yeah. uh, whatever. <laughs> you, you're always going to be behind in something, so yeah, uh, so true. And then I'm I'm getting ready for uh, uh, I got a Hamburg coming up soon, and I got a few shows that I got to go to, so uh, I don't know. We'll see. If anybody gets it, let us know what it's like. Yeah. And then <clears throat> I just want to give this shout out real quick. Well, I do want to announce this, that it's official that Rob Stone will be here for uh, oh uh, my God. Northeast Carpet Fest. He, uh, sent me his, he sent me his itinerary, so uh, we're going to be having, ha- hanging out for a few days. I think he's coming in Wednesday night, so nice. uh, we'll probably stop on by uh, Matt's house. Because, oh, oh, oh. you know. <laughs> See oh, some see retakes of bloods. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh and then uh who knows, maybe we'll swing up by you, but we have to get Rob a cheesesteak. I promised him a We a do cheesesteak. <laughs> anybody who's anybody who's coming from out of state and would like a cheesesteak, you gotta let us know because we are we, we like are obligated to get you something. So Yeah. Yeah. Well if anybody says Swiss though they get smacked. Did we so, get Bill you know, a cheesesteak when he came up here? I'm sure he's been to well, Philadelphia before, though, right? Well, Bill Bill <clears throat> came up here and like had a really fast car, so <laughs> I don't think we got I don't think we got Bill a cheesesteak, but he was doing like donuts in my neighborhood in like a goddamn Ferrari, <laughs> so I'm I don't feel that bad. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, <laughs> like, so I'm gonna. I'm going to give the quick announcement, and then we'll get Brandon on here and get going. But um, Southern Carpet Fest will be held in Arlington at uh, Bill Eagle's house uh, April 29th. Um, And uh, it's basically just a, you know, a nerd barbecue, snake nerd barbecue is basically what it comes down to. I know a lot of people are worried about that maybe they don't have carpets. They don't have carpets. 
They don't cap in <laughs> pythons. Yeah. They don't what have carpet pythons. <laughs> uh, so, but no, that doesn't matter, man. A whole bunch of different people come down there. Um, uh, we're going to have some great food again by uh, none other than Matthew uh, Morris, which should be awesome. I think they're doing like nice. fajitas or something. I think it's fajitas. I don't care. I'll just eat it all. So yeah. it's fine. Don't fall asleep, though. And then uh, T-shirts no, they no, got no, on. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, T-shirts they got going on right now. So if you want one of those, uh, contact Austin uh, Warwick at Rage Beard Reptiles. And any questions, you can send them to uh, Evan Browder or Bill. And uh, we'll be cool to see it down there. We're going to be heading down there. Um, I know a bunch of other people are uh, are going to be coming down. So it should be a good time. And uh, can't wait. I'll be Speaking off my of diet other... by then. <laughs> good. Speaking of the other people coming down with us, have you seen uh, that – Animal Planet show the zoo based on the Bronx Zoo. Yes, yeah, I've been watching. It, I was uh, a, like, I I was sick all this weekend, <clears throat> and I watched like all of it. And uh-huh. like every time they're poking around, like I actually saw a few people that I know in the background, and I'm waiting for like Chris Lemony to be like walking someplace, and like you know, so but I didn't see him yet. <laughs> so this, this past this past week they did uh, they were given the snow leopard uh, uh, root yeah. canal. And yeah. he was involved in that. So he told me that that would be the episode that you might see him in. And he was like wearing a GoPro and stuff like that. So mm. he, was, he was like, I will sign autographs at Carpet Fest if you would like. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he cracks me up, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I told him, yeah, man, yeah, we'll get you a little booth and you can, you know, you can sign, sign, you'll be, sign you'll away. you right next to Nick. It'll be Nick yeah. signing books and Crystal Lemmy signing, I don't know, headshots. Can we take a headshot of Crystal Lemmy? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Some black and white impressed. photo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's got a nice mustache going on, like a Magnum <laughs> PI mustache going on. <laughs> yeah, just looking a pipe maybe for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good show. I mean, it is on Animal Planet and – was a little hesitant about you know checking it out but like, because chris was involved it's definitely yeah. a cool show and it's back where animal planet used to be i think my yeah, it is and in honest to god it is a very good look at what the zoo world is yes. your life as a keeper is you clean the shit and then you spend the rest of your day doing paperwork and figuring out ways to make the animals lives better while they're in captivity and that's what you do. It's your sole purpose in life. You are an event. You you are a, almost a camp counselor for a bear. So it's and I, and I absolutely love that. So it was very cool. And like I said, I saw a few people that I know who currently work at the Bronx Zoo. So it was very cool, and I'm very happy for those guys. And uh, I kind of want to go to the Bronx Zoo now. It looked amazing. So yeah, I gotta I gotta head up there, man. So we gotta uh, we gotta do a trip. We'll do a Morelia we need radio, Python radio trip. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Enough of us babbling. All right. <clears throat> Let's enough. get Brandon on here and uh, let me just make sure I remember what his number was. Uh, <laughs> eight six five. Okay. We can other people. There we go. Hey Brandon, welcome back to Morelia Python Radio. Glad to have you. How you doing? Hey fellas, how are you guys doing tonight? Hey, doing we're good. surviving. <laughs> doing good. 
Man, I, you know, I've got a question for you. Uh, you guys were just talking about those display cases, and I haven't bought mine yet, but they're not on uh, Animal Plastics' website. I can't find them. How much are those things? Uh, they um, think it's a three-something. 300 for I thought a three it was 300 yeah. yeah. The problem mm, is it only gives you nine. It only gives you uh, nine slots, though. I mean, my yeah, ARS is uh, ten. So, oh, mm. there you go. You get three ninety. But what what what's the price on ARS though? What'd you pay for that one in comparison? What's oh, the extra three something? Three so it, it, it was right. three something. But I don't have LED lights or a name bar, so. That's high end. Mm. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's, give that, that's, that's happening. That's happening. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, things are good. Just got off work a little while ago. I'm excited to talk to you guys. That's cool. unfortunate. I don't know why you did that. But anyway. I uh, know. Yeah. I talk to him every Tuesday. So, but it's, uh, it's where we're at. So, uh, I guess, I mean, did we, did we, we haven't had you on as a solo yet, have we? Or did we? I forget. No. no. I, I've called in a couple times. Uh, when Dan came on, I called and talked to Scrubs for a little bit. Uh, right. That's about it, I think. That's about well, it. Well, all right. Being that this is your show, uh, why don't you tell us what got you started into Reptiles? Oh, man. Uh, I don't remember ever being afraid of snakes or lizards or anything like that. So, like, my entire mm-hmm. childhood, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And my mom, my entire childhood, thought it was, like, the worst thing ever. And uh, <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I was, like, 11, uh, I, I remember I was always watching, well, probably 10, I was always watching Steve Irwin, you know, that's when the Crocodile Hunter was on TV, and I was just addicted, that was my show, you know, I came home from like, I don't know, fourth grade or whatever you are when you're that age, and that was just what I wanted to watch, and I'd get off the television, and I'd go straight to my, my Windows 95, you know, and log into the AOL I'd sit there for at least a half hour waiting to log on and praying no one called in so I didn't get disconnected. And uh, I, I just researched whatever I could about whatever snake it was that was on that show that day. You know, I'm like 10, 11 years old, learning how to use the Internet. And I finally just bugged her, just bugged the crap out of her until I finally, for my 11th birthday, I got a ball python. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was my first one. And, uh, you know, it, just, it kind of spiraled from there. I got, my, I got carpets uh, for the first time when I was 15. Uh, is when I got my first uh, jungle carpet python. Well, who knows what it was these days, but back then mm-hmm. it was what you call a jungle carpet python. And uh, I think I was probably 16. I, I accidentally got a kid fired from this place called Mark's Ark. It's a reptile shop in uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. I was in Utah at the time. Okay. And I, I, I had bought this book, and it was a little book where it talks about all the different kinds of pythons. I can't remember the name of it at all. Mm-hmm. And, and I called in, and I, and I was like, you know, I was 16, 17, but I had a job. You know, I had I had money for a little teenager or whatever, and, and it was all good. And I was like, I need a diamond python. Do you guys have a diamond python? What's it going to take to get a diamond python? You know, and I had no idea whether there was crosses right. and that there was, I, I had no clue. I was just a kid really thinking about 
diamond python was the prettiest thing that I had ever seen. So it turned out the guy that I talked to, um, you know, I don't know how old he was, probably early 20s or whatever, had a diamond jungle cross at home, which he brought into the store to sell me, like, undercover behind the counter kind of a deal. Uh, And then I made a... And I had no idea that this was a thing. Right. You know, I didn't know anything was wrong with this at the time. So I'm all excited. I'm like, oh, I need to set up this and check out my new diamond python, you know, thinking it was all pure. Anyway, long story short, that, that kid ended up getting fired, like, pretty much on the spot. And it was one of the most uncomfortable things in my entire life. And it was a diamond jungle cross that I thought was a pure diamond for, like, you know, a year or so. <laughs> 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 so, uh, well, well after, after, that happens you know you're a teenager you know and this is way but you know there's no myspace at this point there's no facebook at this point and morelia python.com I, I don't even know if it was around yet it might have been just when it started but i hadn't found it yet and uh i got into uh working at a reptile shop when i, I moved to california when i was 19 years old and uh, at that point, you know, I only had like two or three snakes. And I got into working at the reptile shop, and it was a place called Radical Reptiles uh, in Southern California. And Travis Johnson, uh, who he, he's a regular on Facebook, uh, Travis uh, was one of my buddies at the time, and he got a job there with me. And, man, we were two kids in Kansas. So it was the best place to be 19 and 20 and have a job because it got ridiculous. I mean, talk about Noah's Ark Syndrome. I went from having – two or three snakes with absolutely no idea what I was doing to an entire a secret closet full of tarantulas that no one knew about. I had like 40 (laughs) spiders that I I hid from my family because I'm still living at home at the time and no tarantulas was one of the rules, you know, I ended up with, that's when I got Maclots pythons and brettles and a Nile and the Tegu and the Conros and just, it, I had a bigger collection then than I probably do now. It was completely ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. That, that's awesome, so, uh, though. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. This hobby's, this hobby's cool, you know. These days when you... Yeah, uh, you know, you get talking back and forth with people, and you get into forums, and you discuss this or that. It, it becomes almost like it's politics now, and it doesn't happen because the source of it is like the coolest thing in the world, and that and that's reptiles. You know, carpet pythons are our thing, or or Morelia. You know, but everybody's into their own deal, and there's no mm-hmm. reason for it to be politically divided like it is. And, uh, you know, that, that, that ended up kind of sad. And I, I'm sorry to say I dug into that for a while. And I got really right. interested in it. And, God, lately, I just don't want to care anymore. I just want to get back to thinking <laughs> snakes are really cool. And want other world. people to think snakes are really cool because that's what it's all about. And that brings the fun back into what we're doing. So what led from having this giant Noah's Ark syndrome to a focus on Morelia, what kind of drew them to you? Moving. <laughs> I right, have that's... moved cross country more times. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I uh, got my first snakes when I was in Utah. Moved to California. Moved back to Utah. Moved to Tennessee. Moved back to California. Moved to Tennessee. And now I'm back in California. So I've moved a lot across country, and nothing will thin the herd quite like 
that many new destinations. Right. You know, you, you, you tend to reassess what you're doing and uh, you keep what you love and the stuff that eh, can kind of go or doesn't quite fit the direction that you think your project is going in that time. You know, those are the animals that end up for sale. And uh, So anyway, that just kind of zeroed into Morelia because that's something that's, that's always been my thing. And, you know, I've kept a little bit of all of it and now it's uh, got my my carpets, I've got my scrubs, and I've got my condros, and I'm happy with it until I maybe buy another house again, and then it's going to probably be ridiculous, because I'll have to get into monitors and buy a giant tortoise for my little kid to ride. <laughs> Those are all good things. I mean, you know, that's fine. I have to get a giant tortoise for Eric to ride, so, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> but, um, I love it. Can you uh, can you give us an overview of your your company is uh, Morelia House? Can you give us an overview uh-huh. of what you got going on there, project wise, collection wise? What do you kind of focus on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always been you know a couple clutch of your kind of guy. Uh, I've actually been breeding for I think this is my tenth year uh, getting eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been breeding for, you know, a good, a good decade now, but it's always been one clutch, two clutch. The most I've ever had in a year is three clutches. Uh, this year it's looking like I might get three clutches, definitely two. So, you know, with, uh, as much moving as I've done and just kind of at work for a living, this is fun. You know, I'm not trying right. to produce a hundred snakes a year. I don't have, to, I don't know what I would do with a hundred snakes in a season. Uh, so I've kept it pretty mellow and I haven't really needed to do a whole lot of show stuff and online selling and things like that. Cause I've been pretty fortunate to where I've just pretty, pretty much able to sell snakes to my friends for the most part. I mean, there's the odd and end one that I've, uh, you know, I've had to go online and, and put out there. And when I was younger, I, I did a lot of wholesaling, which, you know, that was a mistake. We're, we're going to talk about mistakes that I've made a lot on the show today, because I really feel like that's something that's not shared quite often enough. Mm-hmm. I think, Everyone wants everyone to think that everything they do is perfect and they have the best husbandry and they have the cleanest cages and they have the best stuff. But man, if you didn't screw up a whole hell of a lot to get to wherever you're at to where you're considering yourself successful, like more power to you, man, because the main way that I've learned all the things that I'm currently, in my opinion, doing right is by doing them wrong for a really long time. And then Mm -hmm. having to figure out why that was wrong and going from there. And there's an evolution between, you know, where we start and and, and where we go. And you you don't just all of a sudden figure this stuff out. It it, it takes time. Uh, But anyway, collection stuff. Right now I have a pair of scrubs. I'm hoping my scrubs will go this year. I have a, uh, the Southern Marike female who uh, I post up quite a bit. She absolutely hates me. Uh, but I, I think she's pretty cool. She's somewhere in that seven foot range. I'm not really sure. I have no desire to measure her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's fine where she's at. Yeah, uh, no anyway, I, ha- I have. Yeah, uh, I have about a six foot male uh, patternless uh, that I got from Dan. Literally the week after I heard him on the show, uh, I, I I saw him in a show and I, I bought it. 
So it was immediately within nice. a week. I'm like, dude, freaking give me that snake. And uh, he's probably as cool as uh, – I don't know. He's never bit me. I mean, I bought him <laughs> probably seven, eight months ago. He's never bit me. He's never struck at me. I don't need a hook. I can just reach in there and grab him. You know, he's one of the most laid-back snakes I have, and he's a sub-adult catching up to adult scrub. So there you go. I'm pretty sure he's wild-caught import, so figure that out. Don't want uh, We're good. We're dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, diamonds. Uh, I have a pair of diamonds that are creeping up to adulthood pretty quick. Uh, my female, she's gorgeous. You know, love love those snakes. And, you know, they're just so much different than, than the other carpets as far as the way that they act and the way that they are and even the way that they grip you and hold you. Hold you. They just mm-hmm. do things that are different. And you really have to own one to experience what a different species that these guys are compared to, you know, the other, the other stuff out there. They're, they're super unique and some of my favorites and uh, got some bunch of jungle stuff, which I love my jungles and my caramels and caramel jag stuff. And uh, just picked up a pair of chondros. Um, what was that? Like two, three weeks ago, got a pair of green trees. Nice. So that's cool. That's exciting. They're they're adults. Thank you, Terrell. In April, they uh, they hooked it up. So they had an adult pair of chondros and weren't really just wanting to do green tree pairings. It didn't fit their list, and I snatched them. So I'm really excited to have them in my collection. Maybe I can get lucky and give them a go this year. Are they locality Maybe. stuff, or are they? Uh... Uh, yeah, they're they're from my knowledge, and, and I don't really know. You know, they're like a third hand green tree, but as far gotcha. as I'm aware of, uh, uh, they're farm bred animals. So okay, I, I don't <clears throat> believe them to be U.S. captive bred born. Uh, the female is a biok, and the male is a manaquari. Okay. Hmm. So that should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Those together. We'll see what happens. I haven't kept chondros in a long time. I had a pair probably like six years ago, and uh, they unfortunately they died. Uh, so that was pretty tragic. And I just I I didn't feel like getting any after that. And all of a sudden I just kind of had a spark up my butt to do it. So now we've got chondros again. We'll give it another run. Do you have uh, pics of your chondros over on your uh, Facebook page? I do, yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's just facebook.com slash Morelia House. Uh, they, they should be on there, I believe. I think so. Pretty sure. Okay. But, uh, to you know, I, I mentioned they died. I might as well jump into that story real quick. Uh, Go for okay, it. So, so – Again, starting at the beginning, when you're a new keeper and, you know, you're a teenager, most likely, you know, I don't know a whole lot of people that started in keeping in their 20s, but a lot of people, you know, that's fine. But for the most part, you know, we start young, we start dumb, we do stupid stuff, and we think we know everything. And, you know, the hobbies evolved a lot since then anyway, but there was a time when I didn't use thermostats. I did not have thermostats. I didn't have my radiant heat panels, which I loved, you know. It was just light bulbs and the daytime heat and ran with it, you know. And uh, let's see, I had a power outage in the middle of the summer in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm. And uh, I kept my chondros uh, together. Um, 
at the time wasn't the best idea. And uh, they just had a light in the cage, you know, and the power went out. It was the middle of summer. And I always kept my house about 70 degrees. You know, that was just what my, my AC was set on. And when the power came back on, the lights came on, but the air conditioner didn't. It was broken. So when those lights came on, man, it was middle of summer. It must have been 90, 95 degrees or something like that outside, which turned into like 120 degrees in the reptile room. Everything survived except the chondros. The chondros croaked, and so did about a hundred rats. Jesus. Wow! Came came home to just mass death. I mean, ugh. talk That's about tough. a bad day. You know, yeah. talking about learning a hard lesson. And uh, it was, I think, it was about a week after that. I hopped online and. I ordered a whole bunch of radiant heat panels, and I ordered a whole bunch of thermosats, and that's yeah. how that started. So, you know, unfortunately, I you know I had to make a really big mistake and lose some animals that that I loved, and uh, in order to get me set on the right direction. And you know, it's just one of those things that I like to share because I don't want anybody else who's sitting at home staring at their snake in a cage with a light and no thermostat to think that it's cool and that it'll be all right. Dude, go buy a thermostat, whoever you are. I don't care what part of the world you're at. Go get a thermostat. It's a bad idea. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that up because last night me and Ian were talking about the fact that you don't see a lot of people share their um, uh, mistakes and, and, and uh, you know, because you're afraid of how people will take to it and, you know what I mean? But that's how you kind of learn, you know? I mean, you learn from the mistakes, so – it's, it's yeah, kind of weird that yeah, you, gotta you, do everything, you do stuff wrong before you do it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see everybody's, uh, oh, look, I got a clutch and the clutch <clears throat> hatched with uh, maternal incubation and everything went good and look, it's eaten and blah, blah, blah. But you never see like, uh, yeah, my snake just dropped off the perch and is dead and don't know why. And I made this mistake and kept it too wet or too hot or too whatever. And, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird thing with uh, with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't you know. know. And, and and the more that I watch all the the politicalness of it and the the reputation of it, and you've got to be this guy or that guy, the more I realize, man, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I just don't care anymore, man. I, I love my stuff, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm gonna hatch some some great animals, and hopefully, uh, the next time I'm at a show and I'm all set up, I you know I find a cool 17 or 18 year old kid that you know just thinks carpet pythons are the coolest thing ever, and I can make him happy, and and he'll call me again, you know, for a long time and just be thrilled. And you know what? If that happens, freaking mission accomplished, man. It's what I hear to do. It's for right. fun. Right. Yeah. Um, so, all right, let's get into some carpet python talk. Um, you're on the West Coast. And can you tell us your approach? to First, before you answer that, have you had to change um, from moving across the state, how you keep, uh, say, conjures or carpets? Uh, 
Condors don't really count. That was forever ago. Clearly, I didn't do all that well. And the, this new pair just got started. So I'm kind of slowly reentering that community. Uh, but, you know, my diamonds I've had for a while and scrubs I've, I've had for a long time. These, these aren't my first set of scrubs. And I'm not afraid of cold at all. Okay. Uh, everyone focuses on 75. You know, that's what we're looking for is the nighttime temperature. I'll be honest with you. I've been keeping carpet pythons for about 15 years now. Knock on wood, I've never had a respiratory infection. I I mean, yeah, they happen. Carpets get them. That's, you know, that's fine. But as long as right. you have the proper daytime temps, those suckers can get pretty damn cold. So, uh, I, I, you know, I don't really care how cold it gets at night. I just want to make sure that my daytime temps are fine. So as long as I'm able to balance that 85-degree scale and make sure that my animals know the difference between breeding season and summer, then most of the time it's just as simple as do I keep the window open today or do I shut it, you know? Right. It's uh, not nearly as hard as we make it to be. I mean, we can write entire novels on how to do this stuff, but once you get to the core of it, it's freaking simple. I mean, these snakes, they want to breed, you know, and in the wild, their temperature gets crazy all the time. I mean, you know, these these guys come from all kinds of different parts of the world, and it's it's not that hard. <laughs> so... Uh, so no, I don't change it too much. Um, just make sure their daytime temps are good and know which days you should open the window, know which days you should shut it. And, you know, if, if you're into the sixties all the time, that's, that's bad. You know, stay mm-hmm. out of the sixties if you can help it. But man, when the morning time comes, you're popping back up to 85, 86, 87, you know, hot spot. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Trust it. It's good. Do you, do you do anything as far as the ambient temp in the room, or you just see? I've moved so much that it just depends on the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right now, I'm I'm walking, I'm pacing back and forth in my walk-in closet that's got most of my animals in it, and it's freaking hot in here. It's like 82.2 mm. in here is the ambient right now. It's about 6:45 my time. So it gets pretty hot. So, um, you know, I'm just going to open the window real wide at night and open the door and uh, see if we can get it down. Uh, you know, I'm more worried about keeping it cold at night than I am keeping it hot during the day. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people do, do ambient, and that's great, but I, I believe in a temperature variance. I mean, there's nowhere that you're going to go to where it's the same temperature at night when you're sleeping is it the same temperature in the day. I mean, the, the equator stuff, yeah, it's still really warm at night, but it's warmer during the day. You know? mm-hmm. So my my whole focus on temperature is making sure that there's a fluctuation and trying not to keep it too consistent because consistency is weird and that's not the way that things are supposed to be. The world is not consistent. The weather is not consistent. I'm totally fine with just screwing the world up and having it all over the place whenever I can. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. That's uh, that's that's a pretty good. I mean, that's similar to what I do. I just drop um, <clears throat> the ambience at night. I drop the uh, the hot spots. Basically, turn off, and you know, in the morning they just come back on again. You know, so I've had pretty good success yeah. with that. You know, I haven't really had uh, respiratory mm-hmm. infections either. Um, 
that's really not something that I battle. Uh, but I don't know. I, I've acquired animals with respiratory infections before, <laughs> mostly weed ticks. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I've they're... received them like that, and I've had to fix it, but I don't, I don't know how that happened to them. I'm like, what did you do to this? So why are you terrible? I don't know. This isn't that you? Have you found that, like, with keeping uh, carpets for so long that once you venture into other pythons that you – I don't know about you, but, like, my mistake was that I sort of kept them the same as carpets. And especially with, I think, of retics, I just had – I had terrible luck with those guys. It was just – it just was bad. I, I don't know. What What about you? What's your uh, – experiences if i told you that i'm currently keeping one of my green trees in an a10 would that pretty much answer your question (laughs) 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 okay (laughs) hey i'm working on getting another vision 222 they're nice you know the cube looking visions i hate vision right but that one's like the perfect size but until then this a10 seems just fine and she's totally cool with it it's actually got a good temp variance. I mean, she can go pretty far from one way to the other. and She's got a great, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. could be a little taller. Yeah, she likes branch, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about your diamonds? Do you do anything different with them? Baby them, tamper them, buy them <laughs> dinner. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, there it is. Take yeah. them out on Friday nights. I mean, they're, you them. know, those ones. They they do. Yes. Yeah, they get they get coddled. <laughs> uh, to be, to uh, you know, to answer your question, uh, I'm still learning diamonds. I've had my female for, uh, I don't know, two almost three years now, and I've had my males for a year. Uh, I, I during the winter, I just keep her as cold as absolutely humanly possible. Which unfortunately, this winter wasn't that possible. I just didn't have anywhere good to keep her to get her really cold and it was and when i say cold as possible guys remember i live in southern california i'm in san diego so cold as possible to me <laughs> and the, rest of the world is very different okay mm-hmm. my cold as possible is like you know 55 to 60 like you just you can't get it's very hard to get them colder than 55 nor, nor should you you know that that's a good target range uh, but just trying to get them to 55 is a freaking battle when you live in San Diego, California. So uh, just try to do that. Uh, you know, I didn't – you ignore them uh, for the most of the winter. Uh, I don't feed them very much. They get fed less than everything else that I have. They get held mm-hmm. more than everything else that I have. They get cut <laughs> colder than everything else that I have. Um, but, you know, that's about it. So okay. if you just take – five maybe months of the year and uh, other than telling them that they're pretty and buying them, you know, imaginary dinner, you just ignore the crap out of them. And so far that seems to be working. I forgot who gave me that advice. But it's good. I like it. I think Josh Easter told me that same advice one time too. Uh, just ignore the shit out of it. Pretend it's a coastal, but ignore it. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. I was talking to uh, Gary Valley, and I believe it was Gary that told me that. Okay. That's probably where he got it. Um, So one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, a topic that you wanted to bring up was killing snakes with food. 
What did you mean by oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I've done that. Uh, okay, so again, you know, I started keeping a long time ago. I've been doing this stuff for 15 years. And at the beginning, I didn't know. You know, I bought books that said you're supposed to feed your snake once a week. And I'm talking to pet stores that say you're supposed to feed your snake once a week. And, you know, you're supposed to feed them a meal that's this size. And a lot of the advice that you get out there is terrible. Go to a pet store right now. They're going to sell you a carpet python in a 20-gallon tank with a stupid-looking bowl that's from ZooMed and some dumb plastic branch and a freaking heat light. And they're going to tell you to feed your carpet python once a week because that's what happens when a pet shop sells you an animal. Well, that's where you bought animals when you were 16, 17, 18, you know, X amount of years ago. And uh, I used to, let's see, the one that died um, where I just, I have to look back on it. And that was one of those things where I just had to ask myself why. I had to wonder why. What happened to my Moluccan python? And she was about eight years old, and she was gorgeous. She was huge because I fed the crap out of her. (laughs) (laughs) I I bought her at a show. Uh, I think I was at the South Carolina show. Uh, I drove down and bought her. I was about 19. And, uh, yeah, I think she was like seven years uh, seven years old when she died out of nowhere, seven, eight years old. And that was, you know, I, I think the uh, complete carpet python probably came out. I was like, she was probably six years old already at that point, mm-hmm. uh, five years old mm-hmm. already at that point. And that was when I, uh, you know, I really started diving into the right way to do things. And yeah, I thought I was doing things right the entire time, but that, that, that's when I kind of started to realize that I didn't know it all. Cause I thought I knew everything. I was like 22, 23. And, and I, I'm just convinced that I, I just power fed that snake so much that it just didn't want to make it. And it, it croaked. I, I can't find any other reasonable answer. And, you know, I, I don't know how often you guys feed your snakes, but you know, and I look at all the different forums, and they're still saying feed once a week. I don't feed anywhere near once a week. Yeah, I mean, I especially not males. Uh, you know, and she was getting, you know, large rats or jungle rats or, you know, whatever, nothing else would eat because she was the garbage disposal and I bred rats at the time, so it didn't matter. And, you know, it was her and my Nile monitor were my garbage disposals. And, man, the Nile, again, I fed the crap out of it. You right. know, I mean, I fed it, I fed it, I fed it, and, and she got to, like, six and a half feet long, probably. I mean, she was a massive, maybe six feet, I don't know. She was she was a massive Nile, though, and and uh, she fell over, again, she fell over dead, and uh, her temperatures were solid. I had a built-in eight-foot by four-foot by four-foot enclosure from her, and, for her, and I had a 60-gallon pond that I hooked into plumbing for my house. So all I had to do was turn a lever, and it drained out into the storm drain. So I ran a, a pipe outside and hooked it into my area drain system. It was badass. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. And, and uh, you know, six years, man, six years, seven years old, she croaked. And, again, what happened? And, and sometimes animals die. You know, they can get sick from 
just like people, you know, they get strokes and they get tumors and, you know, whatever, you know, and I can blame it on some random act of this just happens all at once, which is what I think a lot of people do. But the bottom line is I think I fed him too much. And I think I fed him too often. And with the Nile, I don't think I gave her enough of a uh, – a variety. I think a variety is very important when it comes to monitors. And you can't just feed them rats all the time. You know, that don't do that. And, uh, you know, so be, be careful with, with your meals, guys. In the wild, they don't come across prey that often. You don't ever see a fat snake in the wild. Just, you don't. Uh, you shouldn't see them in captivity either. So, you know, if your snakes have these crazy... Uh, rolls going on and scale separation and, and stuff like that, man. Figure figure it out. Tone it down a little bit. Put those suckers on a diet. We're not the only ones that need to figure it out. So, anyway, that's that's my my pedestal on eating too much. I, uh, I they, they always look hungry. Carpets. They're always going to want to eat. Don't let them. Yeah. Yeah, I follow the uh, I follow more of a cycle type of feeding is what I do. Um, I don't know. I just found that that's probably um, best in, you know, just establishing some type of, uh, you know, cycle that, that, that adds to, uh, you know, uh, the temperature drops and that kind of thing. I think it just, you know, reassures them it's time to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I believe winter fasting is really important. Um, I I make uh, I make all my animals fast that are over a year old. So if something is hatched that year, then it feeds that winter. Um, but that next winter, it, it's not going to eat. And because of that, you know, my females breed at four years old instead of at three years old. And I've heard crazy rumors of people having females for three to two years old. And I, I just I don't I don't know. I mean. It's, I don't know how that works out, but mine mine aren't anywhere near there. You know, it's a little grown on purpose. That's what yeah, yeah, you know, six, yeah, six, seven years or so croak, and you <clears> sit <throat> back and wonder why. And then you'll listen to NPR, and you'll be like, oh, damn, that was my That's <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. So don't. Don't don't do that. Don't don't rush a clutch. You know, it's don't just just let it happen, man. Let it happen. Here's a question that's kind of off the uh, well, it's on topic, but it's not on on our list of questions. But uh, in light of next week's show, where we're going to be talking about you know nutrition and stuff, have you ever thought about supplementation in the pythons that you keep? Yeah, you know, I have really thought hard into reptilinks, and, and uh, I have, and because I don't really know any other option other than chicks. I, I do feed chicks every once in a while. Uh, you know, I, I made an order just recently for rodents, and I've got a bunch of chicks coming in too, uh, specifically for my my scrubs, my chondros, uh, and I have one Brisbane python that absolutely refuses rats. This sucker will not eat a rat unless I literally tie a mouse to it. And, uh, <laughs> which then anybody, have you guys done that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been there. It sucks. All right. We'll, we'll revisit that one, but it works. Um, anyway, uh, 
you know, I can't get her to anything else, but she likes chicks and she likes mice and she's a female. So if it was a boy, I wouldn't even care, but yeah. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm just going to let her win and I'm just going to feed her rats and mice for a while and let her, let her, I'm, I'm tired of starving. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just talking about not feeding for, but this, this chair, I mean, literally like I've refused to give her a mouse for the longest time now. And I think I'm finally about to cave and just give her what she wants. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of the main to back to to go back to your question. Uh, one of the main things I'm interested in hearing about next week is UV lighting, uh, because like you yeah. guys had mentioned, um, we, you know we've always been told that snakes don't need UV. Snakes don't need UV. Uh, okay, cool. But what happens when they get it, and what's the difference between when they don't? You know, how how much difference that color going to be? How much better is that clutch going to be? How much, how much longer is their lifespan going to be? Uh, well, what's the difference? And has anyone taken the time to really sit down and do the work to figure that out? Because I don't have UV in any of my cages, but I think it's a great idea. You know, I think the only reason why I don't have UV is because I have a five-month-old son, and we can't really afford UV for all these cages right now, but I would really like to be able to. So it's going to be on my to-do list because I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. I would wonder if it would improve color, uh, health. Um, you know, um, I think like as far as nutrition goes, isn't like when you look at lizards and stuff, aren't, isn't the, the UV lighting tied into the digestion and you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. like, Especially when you're looking at something like a diamond python, which is obviously built to bask in the sun, you would think that that would be mm-hmm. kind of important to keeping it healthy. But you know, and chondras. I mean, chondras are well, in the sun yeah, all day. Definitely. They don't hide. You know, right. those things are they, they're on a branch hanging out with their head between their coils pretty much all day long. They cruise around at night. So those suckers get UV light all the time in the wild. I don't know why it's not more common practice to do it in captivity. And if there was one major thing that I was going to change in my collection within the near future, I think UV lighting would be on the top of that list. Yeah. Well, they don't have UV lighting in racks, so that's probably why. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You know, my my adults aren't in racks, man. And, so are mine. You know, a lot so are of people mine. do racks for adults. Oh yeah. No, mine aren't. Mine aren't. I, I oh. don't. I try not to do that for my adults. I like to look at them. Um, everything two years and younger is in a rack. Uh, but once it's your second birthday, I try to give you a big boy cage. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I've been. Uh, ha- I had somebody come out because. Oh, and you'll appreciate this because you see it, but transferring the garage next to my snake room. So that's one mm-hmm. big room. Yeah. Yes. So mm, then I can, do then it. I can sw- oh, switch over man. to cages. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, yeah. My, my last house, I had a basement. All It was just man caved out. I had a bar in there. I had my flat screen. I had you know, couch, and I just had all the room I wanted for cages, and it was absolutely epic, and then I thought it was a good idea to move back to California, so that's that's my goal now, I'll get back to that again here one day, I gotta, gotta get the animals out of the closet. <laughs> yeah, that's, cool. that's uh, I, got, I got the basement <laughs> set up, and I'm not going to give it up for anything, so I'm good, so. <laughs> I yes, know, uh, 
I know you sort of talked about uh, some issues you had earlier with power outages and thermostats. And do you want to go into any other situations that you came across as far as equipment? Um, yeah. Let's talk about moving across country. Uh, yeah. That's that was something. Uh, yeah, I killed a snake moving across country. Oh. So that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't cool. That was my most recent death, man. Uh, I was freaking heartbroken. I'm so upset. It was a proven breeder, uh, female, possibly gravid at that point. I did not check. Um, the caramel uh, that I bought from Nick, and she was, I think she was my first snake I bought from Nick, actually. I'd had her for a while. And she was at the bottom of my, my stack of tubs. I, I had a U-Haul van. And I uh, had everything in the back of the U-Haul, and I had everything in my car, and I was towing it and driving from Tennessee to California. Uh, I was driving across Texas. It was freaking hot, man. Texas and, and uh, New Mexico, I, that's that's what killed her, pretty sure, because she was the one that was on the bottom of my stack on the ca- on the floor of the cab in between my driver's side and passenger side. There's that gap in a U-Haul. And, uh, you know, that, that that's where I kept her at. And I, I didn't think anything of it while I was driving. You know, I had the AC blasting. They were up front with me. I was comfortable. You know, I really thought we were good. And, I uh, got home. I took her out of her her cage, and she started acting like a jack. You know, only worse. You know, oh, I think of the worst. That's not good. Jaguar neurological you have ever seen, and then have it happen overnight. And uh, you know, I, I basically I've I've called it a heat stroke uh, to the people that have that have talked to about it. Was it actually a heat stroke per se? I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. Uh, we're for a plumbing company. I don't know what it was, but animal got extremely hot. There's no doubt about it. And I knew that they had got hot right when I take them out of the truck. And I was like, oh, my Lord. You know, I put my hand on the ground right there. And, I, you know, I immediately started to worry about it. And, and oh, man, if you're moving cross country, make sure that you have some insulation between the floor of the bed of your truck uh, and your animals. You know, I had them all in a large Tupperware container inside of a bunch of small Tupperware containers. Or, and uh, she was the one on the bottom, and, and she croaked, man. So Shit. Uh, be careful, you know, be careful. That's something, that's advice that's not thrown around all that often. And, uh, you know, all the old school guys, they already know that. You know, they're thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I've got this big old phone thing in the back of my truck and everything travels on when I go to shows back and forth. But it's something you forget to tell the new keeper that has all this stuff. And, and this was last year. I'm not a new keeper. And in 14 years, this is specific information was never passed along to me. So I just would like to make sure everybody is can hear it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what else do I have? What other stupid stuff did I do? <laughs> Let's see. I, ha- I have a list of notes that I wrote specifically on stuff to tell people never to do. <laughs> uh, I think we... Uh, like, hey, you guys ever had it? Have you guys ever had a rat infestation? No, like a live one that is loose in the house. 
No, like a rack of them that falls over and are no. loose in the house. No, I don't have live rodents <laughs> ever. Neither, <No. laughs> neither do I anymore. There's a reason for that. <laughs> oh, man. So I had a uh, – I'll just go through some extermination practices for any – because, I mean, a bunch of guys, they breed rats. A lot of people breed their own rats. It's, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot stinkier. It's kind of a pain in the butt. But uh, And I don't do it anymore because I'm not going through that again. But anyway, I had a pit bull. And uh, okay. I went to work, and, and, and my dumbass left the door to the reptile room open. And uh, I didn't realize, maybe some, I did, whatever, somebody did. And, man, that sucker, I came home, and one of the bins, it wasn't a whole rack, it was one of the drawers fell out that had, it was a breeder drawer, so it was pregnant females and a male that got out. And I couldn't find him. The door was wide open. Dog didn't catch him. He opened him. He didn't kill him. You know, nowhere to be found. They got away. And I, I kind of wasn't all that worried about it for a while. I just sort of forgot about it for like three or four months. And then all of a sudden, I was sitting on the couch and a rat ran across the floor. Oh, I'm like, ah, oh, bummer. It's a small rat, you know. And then all of a sudden, the next day, there's a rat eating out of my, my dog bowl. And I'm like, oh, man, no, that can't be happening. That's bad. Good and God. then, it, you know, they just kind of went from yeah yeah just kind of went from there and uh, all of a sudden I'm sleeping and my roommate wakes me up and he's just screaming you know like 3 a.m. dude came home from the bar he's all hammered Brandon Brandon freaking out pounding on the door and I'm like what he there the freaking rat chewed a hole into the water supply line of my refrigerator and my oh, sleeping room Flooded my whole living room, my whole uh, kitchen, water everywhere. I was pissed. It was done. So I, uh, the next day, it was extremely convenient because it was the next day. Uh, my cook's pest control guy came to uh, the restaurant that I was managing at, at that point in time, and I told him the story about what had happened. And he's holding these green blocks that are the ones that only the pest control guys can have. Apparently, they're different than the ones that you buy at Home Depot or Lowe's or anything like that. He's like, you actually have to have a license to have these and to disperse these. And he explained how much stronger they are and how they can kill cats and dogs. And he's like, I'm so sorry, but I cannot give these to you. It would be illegal. Right. I'm like, cool, no worries. No, you know, I, I understand, but you know, thank you for the talk. And and he goes to walk in the restaurant and he drops a bag of like a dozen of them on the ground <laughs> in the parking lot and just oh, keeps no. walking. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yes. I love this guy. You know? So I uh, so I go home, right? Go home. And I I, uh, I you know, it's late, it was a long night and I threw them in a cabinet, in, in my kitchen cabinet, and I'm like, all right, you know, tomorrow I'm going to put these in the attic, and I'm going to put these all over the crawl space, and we're going to take care of this problem. So I wake up in the morning, which was my day off, to spread out all of my rat poison, and it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. All the rat, all the rat poison's gone, yeah. and all that's left is a shredded paper bag. Okay? Whatever. So or a shredded plastic bag. So, no done. way. That, that's nuts. All right. Three days later, I have never seen more flies in my entire oh, life. Oh, gross. They all died in the walls. And Dude. Things. Ooh, oh, my God. God. It was absolutely oh. terrible. 
you know, if you ever have to go through this, like, go away for the like weekend or something. Uh, yeah, but you know what, though? I never saw a rat again. It's done. Oh, it's over. God. Crisis averted. <laughs> wow, that's well, okay. and uh <laughs> That seals that. I'm never breeding my own rodents. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that uh, pretty much goes through all the stupid stuff I've done, at least all that I'm willing to talk about. So there you go. Okay. Cool. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. So let's move away from stupid shit that you've done, and let's move to, like, the successful stuff. What's your approach, right. for, what's your approach for breeding? Um, It's evolved, man. It's All right. evolved. Uh, you know, again, you know, we evolve as keepers. And uh, my first clutch uh, was on purpose. Uh, it was a clutch carpet python that I did when I was 19, and it was a co-production between myself and Travis Johnson. And uh, we, again, you know, we, we turned off some heat during the winter and, you know, did kind of normal stuff and paired them up and brought them to work, and we hatched them in the work incubator, and work kept half of them and Travis oh. and I got to keep the other half because that was the deal at that point you know you that's in the airport keeps half <laughs> that's, yeah that's the way that goes thanks assholes and uh, anyway but it was still the coolest thing ever so that was, that was the first year the second year I had my Maclods pythons and I didn't keep them together I, I had them separate and I had mentioned this on a previous show but I'll go over it again uh, I had them separate, but it was, it was clean day, and I was short of the tub. So I, I put them together in the same tub. So I like to take everything out at one time and clean it all out at one time and put it all back. And I feel like I got distracted, you know, went out, had a beer, you know, smoked a cigarette, did whatever. And I came back in, and I go to put them back in their cage, and they were locked up breathing, man. It's the coolest thing ever. I, I did absolutely nothing and, and produced Maclock pythons for my first time. So that was hmm. that was pretty sweet. And uh, I didn't have an incubator at that point. So I did maternal incubation. Had great results. Fantastic hatch rate. Uh, you know, sold a bit, mostly friends and stuff like that. So, so that was cool. So uh, next season, I did it again. But I did it on purpose, you know. I followed the the guidelines. I, you know, I cooled them down, paired them together, they bred. This time I bought an incubator. Well, I'm like mm, 22 or something, 23 at this point. And uh, so I bought a Hubbubator incubator, which I oh, heard God. people have had great re- Well, you know what, though? I've heard people that have had great results. I've seen people hatch eggs in these freaking things, and I just so that year I fried my Maclots python, so that's no good. So those those eggs didn't make it. And I learned to keep with maternal incubation after that. Um, I didn't start uh, incubating eggs myself again until, I think it was like two years ago. Not last year, the year before. Yeah, two years ago. Uh, I started incubating eggs again because I had hatched some brettles after that and uh, Maclots again maternally. Uh, so that that's a great way to go. If you don't have an incubator and you're just not sure what the hell you're doing and all of a sudden you just have two snakes and it's awesome and you started listening to Morley Python Radio and logging on to Facebook and you put them together and all of a sudden you've got eggs, just leave them the hell alone in a box and make sure it's freaking humid in there. 
suckers may or may not hatch. I've had it go both ways, but it's, you know, in my opinion, it's more scary to pull them out and incubate them than it is to let mom do it. Right. Um, so uh, as far as the process, I love combat. Male combat's freaking badass, man. Gladiator <laughs> stuff. I think it's awesome. And I, I, I enjoy the fight, you know, and I, I praise the victor. You know, I try to try yeah. to get them out there. So I, I, I try to separate them before anyone clearly wins. But it's when I'm like, okay, dude, you're getting your ass kicked. Like, it's time to get out of there. Come on, come on, come on. Get out. Go, 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 you know. But uh, I, I love male combat. I think it works. Um, a couple other things are weather and shed cycles. You know, you want to keep your temperatures down through the winter. You want to keep – uh, you know, you, you want to keep their food intake down in the winter, but you really want to watch the weather because when they shed and you've done everything else, that's when they breed. You know, you get a female to shed, boom, that male will walk with her. You get a male that, that'll shed, boom, they'll walk with a female. And, right. you know, when it's stormy and when it's thundery and when you got that that pressure thing building up and it's in line with a shed cycle. Oh, you're about to have the best breeding year ever because it's just, everything's freaking awesome. So pay attention to that crap, man. Don't miss it. Don't have your snakes not together. If you plan on pairing them and all that other crap's happening and you're not paying attention, you miss out on a crush. Right. I've missed out on a few because they haven't been together. So, mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. So, but uh, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, like, and I you have know. no idea. How, well, I have no idea how I'm going to breed my scrubs this year, other than, I guess, I'm going to treat them like carpet pythons and hope well, that that works. I mean, I'll start with that, and then if that doesn't work, then I'll change it. I guess. When a when a mommy uh, snake and, and a daddy snake love each other very much, they have baby snakes and that's as far as i got ever so you know (laughs) yeah 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 Uh, apparently this all works the same so god i'm staring at my female right now and she just wants to take a chunk out of me i know it scrub they always (laughs) but um which eric i am happily uh scrubless again they're gone they're all gone they're all not here anymore i thought you had scrubs again i well i don't they're not they are a part of Rogue, but they are not in my care. They're gone. They're out of my house. They're all Chris's. So, oh, you got Chris to do your dirty work. I damn got right I did. You're <laughs> goddamn right I did. All of it. Oh, that's his awesome. problem. But anyway. That's um, fantastic. So, Brandon, you going to make them sell them for you, too? No. That's, I'll take care of that. But, um... <laughs> I just want the babies. You know, he can deal with them until it gets that far. But um, there you go. Can you walk us through some of the projects you have going on this season as well as ones, as well as ones that maybe because we are close to the tail end of the 17 breeding season, any ones that you're looking yeah. forward to in the 18 season? 
Yeah. Uh, this year I have a female caramel jag, so I bred my caramel, and that's a nice. repeat pairing from last year that went really, really well. And uh, just she threw some crazy-looking jags out last year, man. They were they were pretty exciting. And, you know, it's stuff where a lot of people are doing caramel to caramel jags, so it's not super the coolest thing I ever. Am, but, again, it's funny. I have eggs like that now. And <laughs> there you go. I just, I just think it's pretty sweet. So, and everybody that has my stuff from last year, really happy with it so hopefully we can make more happy people this year and i'll get a good clutch um i have eggs right now from my female jungle uh who i'm I'm very excited to get some eggs from this year last year i tried to maternally incubate that clutch um and my you know it just it didn't go well uh i had some hatch and then died out of the egg uh, so it was bad results with that maternal incubation clutch. So they're in the incubator now and doing great. I think they're on like day 30 or something like that. And I've got 10 of them that are, that are, that are rolling and, and good to go. I have a female zebra that I haven't decided whether or not she grabbed yet. Uh, I think she's grabbed. I've been staring at her for a long time now, wondering if she's going to tell me that she's grabbed, but I guess there's a possibility that I won't get eggs from her this year, uh, which wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah, see, I'm looking at her right now. I don't know. Could go either way. Uh, but uh, the male that I paired them to um, was, has, I found out, has a very small amount of coastal blood. Uh, which I didn't know that when I did the pairing. I didn't know that when I did the pairing. So I'm going to make some uh, some crosses with just the most minute amount of coastal blood ever. It's like tiny, and it, and it sucks. They're going to be, uh, let's see, I don't know, it's like 7% coastal or something like that, like 6.5%, 6 and, six and three-quarters. Wow. I, I forgot, but... The tiniest amount of coastal ever, uh, you know, which it is what it is, and I know about it, and that's good because you know I want to, I want the other people to know about it too. And uh, but you can't tell because I hatched some um, uh, from that zebra pairing last year, and they're freaking sexy. I mean, they're gorgeous. I mean, this really sexy striped uh, zebra, which is the most gorgeous stripe that I've seen on a zebra. And uh, you know, his sisters look really, really nice and jungly. And you know, nobody would have had any idea that there was any coastal in there unless I told them. So. You know, take it for what it's worth. Oh, nice. good thing. Uh, so, yeah. uh, with that being said, uh, man, I've got some sweet jungles coming tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. Really? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I called a headhunter up, and Chris has got a male coming out to me this year that should breed for me this season. Hopefully, theoretically, he might. You know, no promises, but... You know, he, he's nice and pure, you know, nice solid background there to breed to my girls. And, and I got this really pretty female from uh, the Jada Slohan pairing from Andrew coming in nice. um, Thursday as well. So I'm going to get them both in at the same time. So going nice. to step the jungle game up a little bit and rewind that for 2018, which I'm freaking thrilled about. Uh, let's see, what else? Hopefully, maybe I can get some diamonds in 18. I'm not sure. Brisbane's probably won't be ready. Uh, chondros, hey, that would be cool as hell if I could just pick up an adult pair of chondros and accidentally breed them the first year. So, we'll see if that works. <laughs> 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 that that as awesome as that would be, but yeah. Jesus. People are going to People have been trying for eons. Like, I know people that, like, 
Conquerors are their sole project. This is what they want to do. And the other they buddy, have right? Yet to produce. <laughs> I didn't say his name. All right. And he got a clutch. All right. But it's well, like awesome. they, they've either yet to produce them or they don't produce that many. And for you to be like, listen, yeah, how long I've been trying to get Maclots Pythons to breed. This is like my fifth year trying with these idiots. And you're like, I bred them by accident. That pisses me off. But, you know, <laughs> you have one of my babies, don't you? I, I have glitch, glitches from you, which Eric gave uh-huh. me because his incubator was broken. So the fact that he was gotcha. a maternally incubated baby is even more hilarious. But glitch is actually on breed loan <laughs> right now because I'm out of Maclots females that are ready to breed. I'm raising up a few, but they're not ready yet. So glitch is gotcha, in Florida gotcha. right now on vacation. Nice. So, well, shoot me, call, shoot me a call if uh, Maclots become available. I don't have them in my collection anymore. I have another buddy uh, who's pairing them right now. And they've walked up a couple times, so I'm not sure how that will go this year. But If they're, um, if they're um, babies, you, send me, you just send me 1.1, and then I'll send you money. So – that's how that no, works. He wants oh, no, to buy them from you. Oh, no, I want babies. Oh, oh, I want oh, babies. Oh, no, I want babies. If if I produce yeah. maclots, I'm like maclots pythons. They're mine. I'm like gonna hug them. No, so well, give me I, just, a year I want at least one that's re- I want at least one, one that's related. related to my offspring. Got it. Yeah, I want one well, that's related to my offspring. So. Uh, he has two that are from me, and then you have one that are from me. So if either of you get a clutch, I want at least one of them. Right. Glitch keeps uh, having bad luck where the one female slugged out and then died, and then the other females keep beating the crap out of him. So it's like it's not a fun time for him. <laughs> so, oh, man. Death is game up. Death is game up. See, the problem is that he spent a lot of time over at Eric's place. So Listen, you. Uh, he didn't spend all that much time in my house. <laughs> he was, was doing that, quite was well. That where he found his, was that where he found his safe space? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. safe corner. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy over here at EB Morelia. Where's mine, <laughs> goddammit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. But yeah. You know, if you were to breed chondros just by off the cuff, there'd be a few people that might be like pissed off. But um, hopefully, you get something. Hey, dude, it's, you know, shit happens. You know, the important thing is not to try that hard. You got to make it an accident. Don't, <laughs> don't stress about it. Don't try too hard. Just do what you know and let it ride and be happy. And don't expect anything. And all of a sudden, one of these days, you'll have thirty or forty babies and. You'll have to figure out how the hell you're going to sell them because you didn't put that much thought into it. That's the story of Morelia House, man. <laughs> if, I se- if I send you white lips, can you, like, accidentally breathe them for me? So, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know. Not if I try. <laughs> have to do it by accident. But, yeah. So this is a question that's interesting, and I know it's pissed me off a few times and Eric off a few times. Yes. What happens when you find out that your boy is a girl or vice versa? Uh, you know, here's the deal. It happens. And it does. 
you know, th- th- there's no point in blasting. Don't don't blast people for it. Don't get all mad on the freaking stupid Facebook board or whatever the hell you do to complain about people. Stay off, stay off that crap and call the person and try to work it out. That's right. Because it happens. And the big it guys does. do it too. I don't care. You know, I don't care if you're the number one biggest, most awesome carpet python breeder in the United States. You've accidentally sold something that was the wrong sex at some point. Everybody freaking does it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not um, like you, you did it intentionally. Sometimes they just, they're very good at disguising it or it's a betweener or the cage card got confused. I, it's, it can, it, you can get messed up like that. I'm not a, I'm not a popper. Um, and, and I, I, I know am. how to pop my, my snake. I, I know how to pop them. <laughs> I, I will pop them, but I will also probe them. So I, I'm not going to sell you a snake that is this sex because I popped it and then hand it to you. It's going to get probed before I sell it. Um, and, and I'm comfortable with that. You know, I started probing freaking baby corn snakes. They are way smaller than baby carpet pythons. And that's How the hell do you go? So, what, what size probe do you have for baby corn snakes? Is it just a sewing needle? Yeah, but the other side. <laughs> it's the dolly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I learned. No shit, you know, no, no kidding, man. I, I, I was at my stupid little pet shop I worked at forever, and I didn't know how to set snakes. And we had a litter or two litters of baby corn snakes, and the owner said, "Here, here's a probe kit, and here's a Vaseline. By the time you're done with this, you'll know how to, you know, you just figure it out, and you just let me run with it." Jesus I figured Christ. it out, and, and you know, you know what? I, I, I remember accidentally turning a female into a male when you start probing stuff it's you know it happens once man and i hope it never ever 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 happens again because the feeling that you have when you realize that you just went through there boy never never ever ever again it's only happened once to me you know but there's this there yeah you know, that, that's all that it takes. My advice to anyone who wants to probe is have someone show you. Don't just YouTube it. Find someone. Find a vet. A vet is a great place to go that knows how to probe your reptile and be shown. And then do it under supervision. Do not push. Never push your probe. Spin it. You know, I like to have my fingers just as lubricated as the probe. And I never have my fingers on the back end of the probe. I just, I, I glide it in, I spin it, you know, it goes in in a circular fashion and that stops me from, from penetrating anything. And uh, that's just my style. You know, if you got your own style, please feel free and share it. That's how I like to do it. And that's how that I'm confident. But, uh, you know, that doesn't always work either. I'll tell you another story. Uh, my female Brettles python. Uh, produced, and I don't have brettles anymore. Uh, they, they they left in one of the moves. But um, anyway, my female brettles python, when I bought her, actually I didn't buy her. She was a gift at the shop. That's beside the point, but she was a gift to me as a male. And uh, mm-hmm. I had one of my very good friends at the time, which was one of the main ball python retail guys at Prehistoric Pets. You know, he he uh he sexed it for me and then I had another guy who was 
kind of the local older guru herpiculture dude in the area on the MySpace groups back then. Tells you how long ago this was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody else. So there's like three guys. They're like, we're professionals at this. And they all said male. Okay. So like four years later, I go into the reptile room. There's a pile of slugs. Okay. <laughs> so something went wrong here. <laughs> never, never been with a boy. Never been paired with anything. Just all of a sudden, here's a pile of slugs at the bottom of the cage. Well, I guess you're a girl, you know, and that that year I bought a adult male and you know pulled them and it worked and got a clutch and hatched them and it's pretty sweet and sometimes you know you know what really sucks is when you get a girl that's a boy. Getting a boy that turns out to be a girl, that's like really easy. That's not fixable. a bad thing. It's getting ever. a male that's breedable, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's legit, you know. You're just like, oh, fuck yeah, who's got a, you know, adult or two, three-year-old male? Done. All right, cool. Breed these things. The other way around becomes at least more expensive and slightly harder to find what you're looking for if you want to fix it. And that will really set you back I'll, a few years. And also, if you've been raising up this animal as a girl – and then it's an adult, and it turns out to be a boy. You now have a very large male, so uh-huh. or larger uh-huh. than it's supposed to be, and you're like shit. Yeah. Like right now, I have an ivory diamond jungle jaguar. That the only reason I ever put up with it this long is it was a very pretty girl, and then I put it with Eric's <laughs> male, and they combated, and something's wrong with that. So. Now I have this like mutt huge ass jag and I, it he annoys me greatly. I don't even like looking at him. So I thought you sold that. I'm oh. trying. I'm oh. working on it. <laughs> <laughs> he won't leave. So you might not want to say oh, that he's a snake great. and blah 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 because then oh, people might not be great animals. <laughs> he just he annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> Might have a hard time selling it that way. I'm just saying. My sales tactics are great. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. <laughs> so That's yeah, there's, there's that. So now, Brandon, do you still think that we can gain knowledge of how to better breed carpets? Um, while some of us still have the idea of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm, I mean, they breathe themselves, man. Shit. It's, you know, look on, like, go on a, you know, one of the, the forums, the discussion board, for instance. There, there was a while, one a while ago, and it sucks because it's not com where you can just easily find this topic. But, you know, it was one that was, how do you breed your carpet pythons? And it turned into one of those epic threads where everyone does different crap, you know? I mean, there was a lot of people that don't cool it all, feed all year, breed them, have killer babies. You know, keep them super cold all year, don't feed them at all, breed them, have killer babies. Like, could you have two possible different, like, more different ways of doing things and still produce baby snakes and yes. still have it work? 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it. You know, I mean, those are two polar, like, you know, keep them the same temperature all the time and feed them normally, but pair them or just cool as hell. Don't feed them at all. Pair them. I don't, I don't get it. So apparently that works. And a lot of things in the middle work. Uh, what are their triggers? Man, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it works. You know, it doesn't work with all pairs every year, but it works with a couple of them. And, uh, yeah, if we could dial in on that exact one thing that makes it happen, that'd be great. But with everyone's reptile rooms being so different and with everyone being in such different parts of the world and, and parts of the state, and it, it's kind of hard to dial in on that one thing because it's, it's just it's not going to be consistent for, for everyone. Everyone's going to have to switch it up slightly just depending on their conditions. Right. So there's something that we could, there's always room for knowledge growth, in my opinion. So, I don't know, that was a loaded yeah. question, Eric. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the thing that, 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 the reason I asked that question, and I was just curious on actually both of you guys, what you thought was just because it seems <clears throat> like herpticulture used to be, where we were trying to always push ahead and gain knowledge and try to really figure out, but it seems as of late um, that that stuff really doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, people just accept my snake dies at seven. I got slugs, you know, uh, retained eggs, which granted that does happen, but you know, is there something missing uh, to where we can optimize that, uh, snakes life and optimize the clutches that we get mm-hmm. and optimize the babies and you know all these things where you know maybe they won't get respiratory infection or their immune system will be running pretty pretty you know pretty solid so they're not gonna uh, you know the same stresses uh, that an animal that's maybe not um you know, given the correct nutrition and, and, and all that kind of stuff and UV and light and cycles and cold to hot and all that kind of stuff, you know, I don't know. It just seems like we're not pushing it. For, we're content with, okay, you put it here, 87 degrees, turn off the heat, put it together baby. in November, baby. <laughs> and if you hit a, a speed bump in there, it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to figure out why that's happening, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Man, 2017 is the year of the UV light. I'm telling you, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I think I think nutrition. You know, if there are two things that can be changed that, that are variable that that I think we can fix versus what's the common practice, so to speak, in the hobby, that is going to be lighting and nutrition, because neither one of those things are currently considered important to the general population. And surely there is somewhere we can go uh, from here in both of those areas as a community. Yeah. I mean, these are discussions that I think are more important than, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the discussions that seem to be the, over and over again discussion that happens you know what i mean it's just like let's try to let's try to optimize the snake's life and let's try to optimize our breeding and let's try to optimize uh you know keeping the snakes healthy um i don't know just 
I'm, man, I'm really curious to know if babies will take rectolinks or not. That was one of my main things. And I, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to the rectolinks guys quite a bit and they all swear to me that the hatchlings will take rectolinks. And yeah, I just, it was, I had this decision to make the other day and it was buy the rats or buy the rectolinks. And now I, I just have this, this guilt for buying the rats. I mean, you, you really, you, you put it on me now, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I should have bought the rectolinks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the other thing yeah. that people, people yeah. don't think about is, and I know that, um, you know, me and Owen have talked about this, but, you know, if you're just buying rats willy nilly from whoever, how do you know what they were feeding those rats? So it goes back to like, I've been listening to uh, this podcast, the chameleon breeder podcast. And on there, the past few episodes, they've been talking about nutrition and like, you know, the lengths that these guys go to, to make sure that, you know, that their animals are getting the proper nutrition is just kind of, kind of crazy. Now, granted the snakes will survive. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but it just seems like, you know, maybe we got to push it a little further, you know? I mean, if we followed the same attitude that we had back in the eighties, we would just be keeping our snakes in a tank with some books on top of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, you, you guys weren't oh, even man. born then, so you don't know. No, no, no. We don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking um, to. I'm a, yeah. I mean, I'm an 86er, man. I'm 86. Oh, okay. All right. So am I. So yeah, but you guys so are tired. Crazy. Oh, shit. So, uh, anyway. Funny. That's funny. Those chameleon guys are no joke, man. They're Chameleon guys are serious. You know, you think you're serious in the snake community, and then you branch over to chameleons and monitors, and you just like, whoa, you dudes are yeah. too much. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, sorry, Owen. Go ahead. It's all right. Uh so I guess, Brandon, can you give us a quick rundown of how do you set up your incubator and your egg boxes? Yeah, uh, that's changed a lot as well. Um, right now I just have a mini fridge uh, that I purchased uh, off of Craigslist, and it was a wine cooler that was broken okay. already and for sale. And I just set up 11-inch heat tape uh, from the bottom all the way up to the top of it. And I went to Walmart and I bought a computer fan uh, in the bottom of it. And the fan that was already in, uh, the wine cooler still works. And then that one's at the top. So it blows, but it doesn't blow any temperature. Uh, so I, I keep that plugged in and I keep my fan, you know, plugged in on the bottom and I have water bottles uh, all across the bottom as well as a uh, like a 16-quart tub that I drilled a bunch of holes in that I keep filled with water uh, so that I feed the humidity. And then I just I stack my, my boxes on top of that. Uh, I am a fan of the egg crate method, the light diffuser, you know, little mm-hmm. checkered things everybody uses. So I do use that. Uh, because I use that, I feel like I can err on the side of seriously wet when it comes to my vermiculite and not have to worry about it, where in the years that I just put the eggs in the vermiculite, I was, you know, squeezing it out. And, oh, man, is it too wet? It's going to be too moldy. You know, is it just right? And, you know, I really quickly figured out that I just throw that egg crate stuff on there, 
you know, I can just dump a bunch of water in it, and it's good to go because it's not going to touch the eggs anyway, and I'm trying to get it really humid, so that's golden. And uh, I do have egg, I do have holes uh, punched in the the sides of the incubation containers. Not a lot, just a couple, but I, I feel like having a little airflow is good. And if I can keep the humidity really high in the incubator itself, then I don't worry about losing it uh, too much in the egg box. And, you know, so far that's worked out well for me. Nice. Oh, and I set it uh, – I like it a little cooler uh, than some. I set my incubator to, like, 86. Really? And I know a, a lot of people set it to, like, 88, 89. Um, I don't – I like to err on the side of, of cold. Um, I think heat kills these things a lot faster than cold does. Um, so I, I err on the side of chilly. And, you know, remember, again, I'm in Southern California. Sometimes it's really freaking hot in the day. Uh, if that incubator spikes a couple degrees, I'd rather it spike from 85 than I would 89. Makes sense. Yeah, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cool. All right. Uh, Any other insights into breeding or things that uh, somebody that's just listening, that's just getting into carpets, what would be the advice you would give them? Keep whatever the hell you want. Do (laughs) whatever you want within reason. If you look at it and it's pretty and it's fun and you think it's cool, then, then do that thing. You know, uh, I will say that I don't believe in a beginner snake and I don't believe in a beginner snake. As long as you take hops out of the equation, if you, mm-hmm. you're going to keep hops, your first snake better not be a damn hot. You freaking idiot. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> you know, when it, when it comes to everything else, there's a certain amount of, um, dedication that it, that it takes to, to keep, keep each animal. But if, if you're not a sissy about it, uh, and you're not talking about a berm and a retake and a conda. You know, I'd like to take the large constrictors off the table when I say this, but, you know, you want your first snake, it doesn't have to be a ball python. It doesn't have to be a corn snake. It doesn't have to be a king snake. I mean, those are probably the three most common if you go onto a forum and say, what kind of snake should I get? It's like those three things and nothing else even comes up as a possibility. And if it does, a bunch of 19 year olds are going to eat your soul. You know, that that's, that's not necessarily true. Um, if you think it's pretty, then, then get involved, dive in, go into your local forums, try to cut through the bull crap, read before you type. I'll take and I'll have another Real, real quick short story. I got bored the other day. And uh, I found one of those stupid groups where everybody just trolls everyone. I was really bored. Oh, so I just God. went ahead and joined. Went ahead and joined the club, you know. I just had. <laughs> it, was, it was good. I had a, uh, my gravid uh, caramel jag girl. She was all rolled over being super pregnant. And I, I posted a picture of her, and I was like, oh, no, I'm so worried about my snake. I don't know what's going on. She's rolled over upside down, and, and she hasn't left her hide box in, like, a month, and she won't eat, and she hasn't pooped in, like, three months, and I think she's going to die. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. 
And, oh, my Lord, the variety of comments. Do you know how long it took for somebody to say, like, dude, the snake's grab it? Like, 100 comments. Everyone else, like, it's super constipated and take it to a vet right now. The the, the, the variety, the variety of quote unquote advice that immediately followed on that thread was just, it it, just, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, Be careful where you get your advice from guys, please research because people will type anything they can online. (laughs) And, and, you know, they, it's it's really easy for one of those idiots to accidentally kill your snake because you listened to them. So so make sure you're doing your research from, and pull from multiple sources because most people are full of crap. Yep. Yep. That's hilarious, though. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, I was getting my oil changed, man. I had nothing better to do. I, I'm very good. <laughs> so you, you trolled the trolls. All right. Uh, I love it. Right. It's almost uh, Chris Beehoff style, right? I mean, you haven't seen that. Oh, uh... God, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> Please, no. He's kind of laid uh, back. He's not as trolly. Owen, does, Owen doesn't even... Owen doesn't even Facebook anymore. He doesn't even no. no idea. Good for you, too, man. I, I, can, I can respect that. You've just disappeared from the, uh, you I, know... I, I'm sitting back with my snakes, and I'll post pictures every once in a while, but nobody gets to see nothing. Hey, nobody gets to see what's going on over here. So <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let everybody know later. So yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Less, uh, less stress involved, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so we talked about breeding and all that and keeping. Um, I'm just curious um, – What's your uh, what's your thoughts when it comes since the shipping window is uh, going to be opening up for us here on the East Coast, although it's been there on the West Coast. I mean, that's another thing that think about, like when you're shipping a snake, uh, you know, you have to think about where it's going to, where it's going to be, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what's what's your uh, what's your thoughts when it comes to. uh, Shipping snakes. I mean, you already talked about your traveling and whatnot, unless you want to give some well, tips with that as well. Well, but. well, I'm receiving snakes on Thursday from, from two different areas. So uh, I forgot where Andrew's from, but he's pretty far east coast in the center of cold as hell uh, northeast. And he, we're going to use a heat pack with, um, even though it's probably not necessary, but because we're using a heat pack, because his low will be right where we're heat packish, uh, we're going to ship directly to a hub. Um, that way it's not sitting on my front porch because out here it'll probably be 85 that day, you know, 90 degrees that day. Uh, so I'd rather it not be on the front porch. So I, I like to ship to hubs. Um, too much can go wrong once they pop on a truck and start cruising around town all day long. Uh, stuff can get delayed. Who knows? I have no idea, but it's just an extra set of hands for your snakes to have to pass through and an extra travel that, that they have to do. So I think hub shipping is a good way to go. So if you're close to a main hub, I recommend having an animal ship there and then just go pick it up from there yourself instead of waiting on the doorstep. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree uh, for that. Oh. I do that a lot. Get it at the hub. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I've got one coming from Headhunter, and he's in Arizona, Chris, and, you know, we're not going to use the heat pack there. That's stupid. It's like 80-something there. It's like 80-something here. Snake will be fine, but, you right. know, we're going to ship to, you know, I'll be able to pick them both up the same day. So pay attention. Look at Memphis. Uh, look at, uh, what's the other one, Indianapolis, I think. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just just pay attention to all that stuff. Uh, use heat packs sparingly. Um, you know, it's it's not quite as necessary as it seems. But you know, as long as they're not going to be sitting out in the sun all day, it's it's not such a big deal either. So, yeah. What do you guys do? What do you guys think as far as uh, putting a hole in the box? I usually put two yeah, in the I box. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll poke a hole with about a pencil-sized one, and then that's yep. where if I am using a key pack, I'll I'll tape it uh, right there. And it, it depends. Like if I'm going to use a heat pack because I kind of sort of need a heat pack, then I'll tape it on the outside of the foam between the foam and the cardboard. And if it's colder and I legitimately like need a heat pack, then I will put it on the inside. Um, but either way, I tape it over the hole, and then I'll put a hole on the other side as well, so you have airflow there. For okay, so oh, go ahead, go ahead. Over. For mine, what I'll do is I'll poke a hole, two holes, uh, on like directly across from each other on on uh, two sides. So it'll be one hole, and then one of them I will have the heat pack in front of. But what I do with my heat packs is I take newspaper and I tape it to the styrofoam wall. So it kind of makes like a pocket and then the heat pack goes inside the pocket. This way it's on that side. And then when you put the box together, the styrofoam walls and ceiling and floor keep the heat pack inside the paper pocket so it doesn't go anywhere and it can't fall out. Mm. And it's there, and then if it's uh, the snake is usually either in a deli cup or a bag in the box, uh, and if it's cold, the snake can kind of maneuver its way towards it. If it wants to get away from the heat pack, it can. So there's a few ways it can kind of do that. <clears throat> That's good. I, I've used uh, I've used a deli cup uh, for that before. Deli cup with holes already punched in it that yeah. I've, I've just kind of put over the heat pack so the heat will escape through the holes in the deli cup so it's not quite so extreme. Yeah. Um, but for the snake to be able to kind of crawl over to the heat pack, like you had said, using a paper, that, that's, a, that's a good idea too. I kind of like the that. What I've, I've only die in transit, and it's because it was in a deli cup and the heat pack, I used to tape them to the roof it came undone and fell on top of this, the uh, deli cup and it mm-hmm. apparently cooked the snake inside the deli cup. So there wasn't that much airflow. Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't, this is like one of my first shipments ever. Uh, and there wasn't that mu- enough airflow and there wasn't enough way for the snake to get away. So I really like using bags as opposed to deli cups because the snake can kind of still move around a little bit and kind of get to where mm. it wants to so it's almost like the I'm trying to recreate its bin, but this is like a travel bin. So, so here's our hot spot. Good way to yourself about out. It. So, right now, if you're going to do that in a small box, um, 
you know, because God forbid the guy flips it to where heat pack down, so the snake's like forced to sit right on top of the heat pack. Right. That's the only reason why I would worry about that is if the idiot driver put it the wrong way, which everyone knows happens all the time. Exactly, which kind of is one of those things where uh, I I do have the paper pocket in there, but it the heat pack doesn't take up the entire wall of the mm. box. Even in a small one, you can kind of turn the heat pack sideways. So it is still hot, and there is some still but I also include a lot of other paper and padding in there. So you almost want to realistically uh-huh. think that the snake could possibly get away from it. But in the right circumstances, I could see anything being a problem in shipping. So, sure. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. So. Sure. Cool. All right. Awesome. So uh, you got in mint warmers. So. So, you know, you guys, you two guys talk about your collection a little bit, but you're, you're kind of mysterious about it in the same way. You're, you guys are so vague. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys some questions. So oh, Owen's probably yeah. the, Owen's probably the most vague. Uh, what Very. is your most anticipated pairing this year? Other than the secret one that I know you're not going to tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> The secret one. Well, yeah, you're right. Nobody gets that one. They nobody not know how. Um, <laughs> anticipated in that I think I'm gonna get it, or anticipated that I wish I was gonna get it. Well, I mean, you've got a pretty good shot at knowing whether or not your girls are gravid at this point. I would think. Yeah. You should have a. You should at least be able to make a hypothesis on it. Yes, I believe. I will be getting uh, my possible super caramel female bred to an uh-huh. exotic. Oh, yeah. That's good. Because she's Head. thick as hell and she's hugging the water bowl. So that is one of my most anticipated carpet pairings. As far as other pairings, I might be getting olive pythons this year. And it is a huge might. Oh, there you go. She looks big, and I'm hoping to God she shakes loose, but we will see. Those are definitely on my to-do list. I need some in my life at some point. They should be on everybody's to-do list. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. there's that. And then the other anticipated pairing is uh, Jason Balin bred my female IJ for me. So maybe I might be getting IJs. So I'm going to count that as a, a win for the IJ column, and then everybody can leave oh, me alone. So what a great guy picking up your slack. That's All right, good. <laughs> it's really helpful when you know, like one of the, like when you you've annoyed one of the senior Morelia breeders, like since you were an annoying college freshman, like you've known him that long. And uh, you mm-hmm. can do these things like drop off these animals that won't breed for you with him, and he fixes them for you. It's awesome. So <laughs> I love you, Jason. So it's like, yeah, works out great. That's killer. <laughs> All right, Eric, same question. Nothing. He's not breeding anything. I'm not breeding this. <laughs> not a single. You nothing. Nothing. Come on. Not even a clutch. You got to do something. No. You, you have nothing no. that's paired up. No, he's sitting there watching no. everybody feeding. 
He's waiting. Now, He's biding I his saw, time. <laughs> see, the reason is, is that, so first, you know, Matt, he moved, and he had some trouble. Um, but when Owen moved, and he just had so much trouble. Yeah. Know, it was well, just like. Owen also nah. moved in December. So that was probably well, didn't help matters. So. Yeah. That's true, right. but I just figure, you know, I don't do this for a living. I'm not in any kind of rush to be the first to do whatever. So what's, you know, why, why chance the animals? So I just kind of mm-hmm. let it go, and you know, there's always next year. What's my yeah. most anticipated right. clutch for next year? Oh man, <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. I don't know. I got a lot of IJ stuff. Poison Ivy probably is probably. There it is. I was waiting for it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Poison Ivy stuff, albino stuff, exanic stuff, inland stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that I will come over with a shopping cart and pick from, and then we can tell you people about them. So Eric Eric knows how this is gonna go down. So Yeah. Yeah, right now I'm just watching my citrus tiger head albino stuff just grow up and it's looking great and I'm I'm digging it and Dude, I gotta see pictures of mine. It just shed. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, I know. They're killer looking, man. I know. You do good you make good things. Yeah. (laughs) You're just mean. (laughs) No, 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 Mike. The citrus tiger head albino is not mean. It's the ocelot. That thing is a horrible creature. It's like so tiny. It's so tiny and so evil. I'm like, I don't understand why it's so mad at the world. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, Brandon, to finish your question, the the other main reason why I kind of uh, stayed off is because I wanted to hold all that stuff back for about a year just because I wanted to see how uh-huh. it goes. Um, the ocelot stuff in particular, because um, what's strange is when they hatched out, they really didn't look all that ocelot <laughs> if that's even a word. <laughs> Not a word. Uh, yeah, oh, I know. But all but, right, uh, roll with it. It's a word now. But they seem to be uh, developing as they age. So, um, uh, all right. What else you got? Yeah, I dig the ocelot stuff. <laughs> well, what else do I got? Nah, not much. Man. I think it's been a good show. I'm about, I'm about good. Uh, good. So you don't got anything any crazy. Questions. I just want to know what you guys had going on. No, I'm not going to fire off too much at you. I think we've had a nice dramatic couple of weeks. We can kind of keep it mellow from here. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I love it. Great idea. God. <laughs> But we do have the questions for you. And those are the closing questions. And those are, if you could work with any species without limitations of legality or money, what would it be and why? Parentes. Holy crap. Parentes? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Aren't they yours? I mean, parentes. Dude. <laughs> just, just that's it. Parentheses. All right. Those are the sickest looking hey. monitors in the world, man. This is so awesome. And maybe it's just because we can't have them, but I think they're that awesome because it's like that 
one of a couple of monitors that I just think are obsessively awesome looking that I'm not allowed to have. You know, we can buy pretty much anything else as long as we got right. the money for it. But that specific species just looks epic. And, you know, maybe it goes back to the croc hunter days when, you know, Steve-O just got all excited about it. And I was a little kid thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. But, God, I just want one. I don't even need two. Just give me one. Just one. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> all right. So if you could go field herping anywhere on the planet, where would you go and what would you be hoping to see? Mm, I, I'd love to go to Komodo Island or the Galapagos. Um, okay. I think that seeing tortoises in the wild the size of small cars would be pretty cool. And mm-hmm. I, I really think that being able to get chased by Komodo dragons. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I feel like pretty much every other monitor, um, which you know I haven't gone monitor, you know herping ever. I'd love to. It'd be great. You know all of the Australians. Oh man, I just wish I was over there. Uh, but I feel like you you chase the monitors. You know, yeah. in most other parts of the world, and uh, <laughs> monitors in, in Komodo Island. Komodo. I feel like the monitors <laughs> chase you. <laughs> the problem is that is true. That is very true. <laughs> Jesus. I think that sounds like a great time down to that. Great bucket list. Be chased by lizards. Sounds yeah. like a great time. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Well, all or right. Nessie. So I mean, everybody loves Nessie. That no, 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 no. Loch Ness monster. Whatever happened to Nessie? The wait. Are we talking the actual Loch Ness monster, or is there something else called Nessie? It's a Bigfoot. No, I think Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, man. No, it doesn't exist. Dis- I mean, it seems like <laughs> it did until cell phones existed. None I mean, of as these soon things as cell phones exist. started taking pictures, she went away. Stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, now they're going to yell at me about that. What else you got? Um, so <laughs> if someone wanted to get in touch with you, uh, to check out your collection or get talk to you about some potential babies, how would they do that? Uh, Facebook.com slash Morelia House. Uh, you know, or just Brandon Wheeler. Just add me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy going about adding people. But, you know, swing by Morelia House, uh, like my page. I don't have an official .com. Uh, I haven't really found a use for one yet, but I'm sure there will be one coming in the future. Uh, but right now, just facebook.com slash Morelia House. And if you have any questions or if you just love snakes and want to bullshit about them, then shoot me a message and I'd be happy to oblige. Cool. Well, all right, Brandon, that was awesome. So we got that whole nice show coming in, and we uh, definitely got to have you back on when you get some further stuff down the road when you start pumping out diamond pythons or, you know. Uh, accidental Maclots Pythons clutches when you get your Max again. So, <laughs> as, long yeah. as, I, as long as I don't try too hard, we'll have a deal, man. We'll work it out. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, apparently I'm trying too hard. That's what I got to do is stop. So, <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys have a great night. You too, awesome. man. Thanks. All right. <clears throat> All right. Um, were you there, Owen? Oh, it just got no, really I'm right quiet. here. <laughs> I'm right it here. Got, 
it just got really Me, quiet. Damn it. We'll yeah, talk. Sorry. I'm waiting for yeah. you. No, I mean, like, I don't know. It just all of a sudden there was, I, I don't know. It was quiet. Anyway. I got scared <laughs> by the quietness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my safe space, you know. It's. Uh... I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, next week's show, um, like I said, Condra Roundtable. It's going to be, uh, should be pretty epic. Um, so if you, uh, if you're into Condros or if you are curious about, uh, nutrition or, uh, you know, anything along those lines, supplementation, as far as pythons go, I think, uh, it will be, uh, an interesting show for sure. So, uh, definitely. Yeah. So. Cool, and I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm happy to have uh, some Condro talk uh, on the show that we haven't had in in a while, but um, cool stuff. So uh, next mm-hmm. Tuesday, Condro roundtable. Um, you know, after that, at some point, uh, me and Casper were talking, and he's going to come on and talk about <clears throat> his breeding of Popwin pythons. Um, he can also talk about the Heloderma. <laughs> Yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, in particular, Poplin pythons, and uh, you know, we haven't uh, had Thoron in a while. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of been laying low, but looks like he's back in the swing of things, and uh, it will be awesome to uh, to chat with him. And um, so so that's coming up in the near future. Um, as far as us, MoreliPythonRadio.com. Check out our website. Can listen to the show, Blog Talk, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you choose. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at info at moreliapythonradio.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can follow us and see what we're up to. Uh, Carpet Fest, the Southern Carpet Fest, is uh, right around the corner. It is uh, April. August, <laughs> April August. 29th. Oh, um, we've lost it. It's gone and now. And it's down in uh, anyway. Arlington <laughs> at uh, <laughs> Bill's house, like I said earlier. Um, if you're interested in getting a shirt, uh, contact Austin Warwick, uh, Rage Beer Reptiles. And if you have any questions, uh, you can contact Bill or you can contact Evan, and uh, they'll be able to help you out. Uh, we have our carpet fest coming up June 3rd. Um, and you know, we'll have shirts coming out soon. Uh, but, uh, if you want to, uh, follow, uh, the latest updates as far as that goes, we're still a little bit away, so it's not really, uh, crunch time, but, uh, I believe I, I haven't got confirmation, but I believe Nick is, uh, coming. I know Bill's coming. I know Rob's coming. They're all coming from out of state. That's why I mentioned it. Um, <laughs> who else do we got? I don't I'm know coming. Yeah, Owen's coming. So. Uh, you know, Chris Lemmy's coming down from New York, uh, so we should be good there. It should be a good but time. Buddy Buscemi's yeah. coming. Uh, sure. Jim from Morgantown's coming. Oh, uh, I know, right? So uh, Tom from Philadelphia's coming. Tom from Philadelphia <laughs> coming. There's a lot of. There's gonna be a lot of freaking people. Um, yeah. It's going to be a great time. I don't know if those guys who made the long drive from the Chicago area are going to come again this year. Uh, if they do, that's freaking awesome. Uh, we had yeah. a lot of people last year. I know Hesham made a drive down. Uh, so if you're going to come, please, we'd love to have you. 
and it's going to be a really good time. Lots of good food, lots of good stories. Uh, you get to check out Eric's collection this year, so it's really cool. Um, I know because I've seen it a million times, and <laughs> I'm still surprised by it. So <laughs> look at definitely this. come out. <laughs> well, look at this. What the hell is that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> when did you we get that? that oh, out. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't Got know. It. Box came here. from Nick last Tuesday. It came yeah. with like 18 million new things. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hope that uh, Keith makes it down. Keith, uh, yes. speak. that'll be cool if he can make it. And uh, we know Matt's coming. And uh, yep. so so that's cool. And I, I'm I'm assuming Lon is coming and all those guys. So yeah. there'll be some short tail people there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a, should be an awesome time. And we'll have the auction. So if you're wanting to get in on the ground floor of a few really nice Morelia projects, this would be the place to go. You buy the vouchers at the auction. You can wait and see what people produce and you can get the animal you want. Also, we have some other really cool stuff in the auction every year. It's going to be a fun time. If you are near a carpet fest, but have yet to go to one, you really you should really stop delaying. Just go. You'll have a great time. We promise. All yes. of them are good. Yes. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's it as far as that goes. And then uh, as far as myself, ebmorelia.com. Uh, you can check out my website, Facebook page, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, all ebmorelia. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of getting like you, Owen. I'm trying to uh, get off the whole <laughs> – Social media thing. You get tired of taking pictures and posting everything. And I've been lazy and I haven't put up pictures of animals that I have for sale in a while. And it, it, I get kind of this way every year because I'm, I don't have that many left. So I'm kind of not in a big rush to sell however many I have left because I'm waiting for the next guys. You know, when I'm, when, when the three clutches that I have hatch and I'm like 80 babies deep again, I'm going to start posting pictures because <laughs> I want some <laughs> shit to get out of here. But, right. you know, I'm not really taking pictures of my own animals too much anymore unless I have some news about them. Uh, you know, I just, I'm just kind of taking a little step back. So you kind of get tired of throwing the pictures out there and having somebody troll you back or say something negative or stupid about your animal. And it's like, all right, you know what? Go to hell. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, even if it comes down to like you throw up a picture of the rough scale and somebody says something about it, and they're like, you know what? Fine. Now you won't see him until he's four years old. So it's whatever. <laughs> Done with you people. So there you go. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's me. And if you want to send me an email, Eric at ebmorelia.com. Cool. Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check all the stuff we have over there. Uh, as well as we have a list of all the animals that are currently for sale up at rogue-reptiles.com. There's also the breeding diary that we are currently updating that will have the uh, latest stuff of what we were expecting egg-wise and baby-wise, as well as uh, any place, if you guys want to be on a list for any animals, uh, you can enter it there. Uh, Upcoming shows, I have one at the end of April, and that is... Hamburg, but I can deliver animals to the upcoming 
Havard or Grace show, which is Saturday, and I believe the White Plains show, which is the Sunday after Hamburg. I think it's all the 22nd, 23rd. Anyway, and that's all I got, and that's all we got. So before my voice gets the hell out of of here, uh, we're gonna. So thank you all for listening, and we're gonna catch you all next week for some more Aurelia Python Radio. Good night.